unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I also suffered severe, severe depression. And so in one sense, I've been on another show where it's called How um, Mormonism Saved an Evangelical's Life. Because I was in such a bad state, and one thing I realized with people that suffer terrible, terrible, terrible depression is that they start losing interest in things. And so I started losing, losing interest in this and this and that. But I never lost interest in Mormonism. And I realized, okay, I think it was almost like a defense mechanism. My, my, my Psychologically, it was saying, you just need to throw yourself into Mormonism. Check out every book that you could out of the library. Read every paper you can read online. Watch any YouTube videos that are out there and just immerse yourself in the culture. And in that sense, it kept my interest. Therefore, in, 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 a, in a sense, it saved my life. Hey everybody, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. We are here with Stephen Pinecker today. Welcome, Stephen. Oh, welcome in an evangelical sandwiched in between two Latter-day Saints. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> um, now, Stephen is the host of the YouTube channel. I, I'm so used to saying Latter-day Saint YouTube channel, but it's not a Latter-day Saint nope. YouTube channel. You're an evangelical. Evangelical. Yep. And you're the host of the YouTube channel Mormon Book Reviews. Yep. And, and and this is interesting because Caitlin, before we start filming, she's never heard of Stephen. Uh, I've been on Stephen's show uh, recently, and uh, you and have, seen, yeah. Well, yeah. and I feel so out of the loop today. That's awesome. <laughs> well, what did you guys talk about? Actually, um, you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <Talk about you. laughs> anyway, uh, we can go on, but we just talked about my life and history and stuff. Very cool. You don't want to hear me rambling on. He's, but, you've heard it all already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so Stephen, he occupies this really unique place uh, in, you know, Latter-day Saint dialogue online. And it's like, I feel like you're like kind of the hub for a lot of different branches yep. and outlets of Latter-day Saint thought, both both pro-Latter-day Saint and mm -hmm. critical thought as well. Yep. Um, but you occupy this weird place where, like, it seems like you don't really have a dog in the fight. You're just, like, taking information mm -hmm. from all different perspectives about Latter-day Saints and just putting it out there. And you don't really seem to, like, really take sides. Mm -hmm. You're just like, here's this information. Hope it's interesting to you. This is what I learned. Stuff like that. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. How the heck you got there? <laughs> you know, like, what is an evangelical doing yeah. in this position? So maybe tell us a little bit about yourself okay. and, uh, and your history, and we'll get into how you uh, ended up creating this YouTube channel. Okay, well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like this hero's journey almost, uh, but I do want to say I, I say I am a Mormon podcaster, but I am not a Mormon. I am an evangelical. Why do I say Mormon and not Latter-day Saints? Because you had mentioned in the intro, I engage all the different... Uh, aspects and, and, and expressions of the restoration. So from Community Christ to, to Church of Jesus Christ to all the various factions that consider Joseph Smith their founding prophet mm -hmm. and Book of Mormon their scripture. So one of the phrases I go by is all the voices of the restoration will be heard on Mormon book reviews. And it's become what my friend Dr. Randy Bell calls the Switzerland of Mormonism. And <laughs> it's a safe space for all. And what makes it so unique is that I'm an evangelical Christian who literally has come from the enemy camp, the baddies, with a olive branch mm. and to say let's talk and that's the most important thing for us to have conversations but to kind of 
a little background, around eight years old, I came across, uh, we were staying at a Marriott Hotel, and around eight years old, came across the Book of Mormon with these Arnold Freiberg paintings. And I was like, these are so <laughs> cool. The battles, there's Samuel the Lamanite out there. And they're I know, they're all mustard. To, like, yeah, yeah, it's war. And, oh, man, I was entranced by it. And I asked my parents, what is this? And they're like, oh, that's some Bible. That's their Bible from this group in Utah. And they're not, you know, you know, the typical, you know, evangelical response. They didn't really know anything about Mormonism to begin with, right? But then around high school, I actually added my very first book to my collection, which was a Book of Mormon that I stole from a Marriott hotel uh, playing for my Christian high school basketball team. So, uh, wow. so that's the very first book in my collection. And then, so as of my teen year, teen years uh, led into my early twenties, is when I started building my book uh, collection. And again, I'm just interested in Mormonism just because I find it fascinating. Like some people are Civil War buffs, right? It was yeah. kind of like that. It was kind of a hobby, but also there was a little bit of that. Got to convert them, show them the way. Mm. But then as I engaged the restoration, as I engaged Joseph, whether it was through No Man Knows My History or through Rough Stone Rolling, I began to start to kind of like this Joseph guy. Mm. Words and all, you know, because he's a man just like us, right? Yeah. And I found a lot that resonated with him. I felt a kinship with the man. I tell people, we would have probably been frenemies. We probably would have wrestled with each other and all this kind of <laughs> stuff, you know. And, and then maybe he'd excommunicate me one day, and then the next Sunday I'm speaking in church, right? You know, because that's how it was in yeah, those yeah. early days, right? And so I, I feel a real kinship uh, with the prophet. And then, of course, I went through an atheist phase for a very long time. And so, so I'm doing this journey. You literally can follow this journey of uh, being somebody who's since a child, young child, being interested in the subject, but then as a believer, then becomes an atheist, but still continues to engage the restoration, read books. And then, of course, I also suffered severe, severe depression. And so in one sense, I've been on another show where it's called How um, Mormonism Saved an Evangelical's Life. Because I was in such a bad state, and one thing I realized with people that suffer terrible, terrible depression is that they start losing interest in things. And so I started losing interest in this and this and that, but I never lost interest in Mormonism. And I realized, okay, I think it was almost like a defense mechanism my, my, psychologically. It was saying, you just need to throw yourself into Mormonism. Check out every book that you could out of the library. Read every paper you can read online. Watch any YouTube videos that are out there and just immerse yourself in the culture and in that sense, it kept my interest. Therefore, in, 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 a, in a sense, it saved my life. It was kind of your escape. It was in my escape, yeah, because, it, again, it was my, my way of escaping from the Depression. Yeah. Yeah. So my friends, my homies were Joseph Smith and Sidney Rigdon and Brigham Young. And, you know, those are the people that I engaged with and um, really kind of had a, an appreciation for. So when did you decide to start sharing this with people as, as a YouTube channel? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Uh a little less than two years ago, I, I started thinking of different ideas for a YouTube channel. And I had this bookshelf. It was kind of just sitting there in the corner. And I was I had like four or five different ideas for a YouTube channel. Because I watch, I consume a ton on YouTube. And I thought, I was going to like do like a low-carb channel or something. You know, I was thinking of all these okay, different ideas. so you wanted to do a YouTube channel. I was thinking, but I... You just weren't sure no. what to do it about. Okay. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of like, well... Maybe I'll just maybe start reviewing books from my collection. So the very first book I reviewed was A Pentecostal Reads the Book of Mormon by my very good friend, Dr. Christopher Thomas, who's the president of the uh, Book of Mormon Studies Association. So here you have a Pentecostal who's in charge of the leading scholarly organization that, that deals with the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was the perfect convergence for my channel to be the very first book that I review. And I remember sitting there, it was kind of like a hostage video. 
And, uh, <laughs> well, maybe I'll even have like a guest or two from these books that I've reviewed. Maybe I'll have it. The next thing you know, the floodgates open and everybody's lining up to come on my program. I have 100 subscribers. And next thing you know, Richard Bushman's on my program. Wow. You're like, how did you... I mean, I had big, huge podcasters say, I can't get Bushman on. How did you manage that? And you're just wow. this tiny little guy. So I do believe that God's hand is on this endeavor. I There's too many miracles that happen. You understand, like, even as I was starting this channel, I was kind of even referring to myself as a recovering evangelical. I was just kind of getting back into faith right around COVID time. Mm -hmm. And I just remember um, at first thinking, still thinking like an atheist, agnostic, naturalistic. Uh, so whenever a coincidence or something that was supernatural would happen, I'd be like, okay, what is the naturalistic explanation as to what just happened? Coincidence? I think not! So for the first few months of doing the channel, that would, I would have that question in my head. But then after a while, day after day, something would happen, and I just finally quit asking that question. Because I felt like it was a providential thing, that God's hand was on this endeavor. Three years ago, I'd be looking at me right now, the old Steve Piner, and be like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. You're full of it. This is you're just another. Yeah, you're brainwashed. And I'm like, yes, the old Steve from three years ago, guess what? You're, 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 you're back in faith, and you're hanging out with your, uh, uh, your Latter-day Saints homies on one of my favorite shows that I really enjoy. When I see a lot of these Christian apologists doing what they're doing, I don't see the fruits. I see fear. I see anger. I see divisiveness. I don't see Jesus. Mm. And and the and the crazy thing is, is I'm engaging in the restoration, and I'm starting to meet all these because I didn't know a Mormon two years ago. You didn't know him. No, when you started. No, really? I maybe a couple months before I I, I I befriended somebody on Reddit. That was it. And so I had no engagement with the restoration. And then as I'm starting the channel, I start reaching out to Community of Christ and other people, and I'm starting to engage. But gen but basically, didn't know any Mormons two years ago or two and a half years ago. So once you start engaging the people, it's more than just reading a book about it. You're now engaging a people. Did mm -hmm. did your perspective of of the Latter Day Saint faith change or evolve yeah. as you moved from books to people? Yeah, it did. I kept on running into Christians. <laughs> oh, weird. Uh, well, I see the fruits. Yeah, that was my whole point, right? I do see fruits. Now I'm going to get some pushback on this, but you know what? Jesus made it real clear. So, do you see the fruits operational? If I don't see that if fruits operational with a lot of these Christian apologists, but I see them with a lot of people who are Latter Day Saints or or all the uh, different branches of the Restoration, um, these are all products of Joseph of the Book of Mormon, and I have to engage that and take that into account. And so, yeah, I think that that's changed my perspective. So it you know, was like I thought, well, I'm just going to be like secular, scholarly. I don't. I wouldn't say subversive, but just kind of more, just like like I know a lot. I have all this book knowledge, but I didn't realize once I started engaging the people that it would ha be having a transformational effect on me. This whole channel is still part of my spiritual journey. And don't, don't I'm not converting anybody. I'm not converting. I'm not trying to convert you, and I'm not converting myself. This is because God told me. He said you're not to proselytize. He said you just Listen, ask questions, and hear their stories. Hmm. And so I, God gave me some principles to operate under, and that's what I've been doing. That's so refreshing. It really is. It really is. I, I, so I imagine that, because this is one of the comments that we get all the time, and I'm, I'm curious how you might respond to it. Um, we get a lot of pushback from other Christians saying, yeah. oh, you guys worship a different Jesus. Right. What's yeah. your response to that? Would you agree, or would you kind of roll your eyes, or... Well, I always tell people we all worship a different Jesus because everybody has a different 
relationship with Jesus. He plays a different role in all of our lives. No two Jesus are exactly the same because we all have kind of a different walk, right? What? Because he's he's with us where we're at. He yeah. fills the role that he that we need from that we need from from him. So and so that's how I see it. But also when they talk about in the Bible, you know, they worship another Christ. This look, this is the reception history of Scripture. It's written to the the, the first audience is the most important audience when we're talking about the reception history of Scripture. This was a much different, Christianity was a much different thing in the first century than it is now. It was a small little group that could have been snuffed out at any time. And it's like, we got to be in survival mode. We got to do, because we could be squashed at any moment. You can read that in Paul's letters. So when they're talking about, there's another Christ and there's all these, yeah, there was all these competing voices. And there could have been a chance that Christianity could have been snuffed out. And it didn't. And and it's actually, and I tell people, we live in a Christian, the Western civilization is a Christian civilization. We may live in a post-Christian world, but it's a much different world than the pagan world that they were in, and they were just this tiny little group. So when they talk about that, it's taking everything out of context. When that writer was writing that down, he wasn't saying, 2,000 years from now, there's going to be this group that worships another Jesus, and you need to watch out for that, because those people don't know what they're talking about. Hmm. So I just say that's that's an unfair argument to use against Latter-day Saints, because your movement is informed in many ways by our Christian tradition. You guys consider the Protestants to be heroes, to be looked up to, that you feel were like forerunners to the Restoration. So we have a couple things. I, I say there's there's three areas, especially... We can one. We have the Protestant Reformation. We can have a conversation. There's three places we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Protestant Reformation, uh, the Book of Mormon, which is a thoroughly Protestant Pentecostal book that teaches a lot of very solid Protestant doctrine, right? And its view of Jesus is very Orthodox, mm-hmm. right? So we can have that conversation within the pages of the Book of Mormon. And then the other place we can have that conversation is in that April 6th, 1830 church service, which was full of born-again, Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christians, them's my people. Probably the most Christian service in America at the time. (laughs) So I feel that your movement and ours are so similar that we actually kind of like you a lot of what your initial uh, startup was taking so much from the evangelical world and joseph was a genius and he kind of you know did a lot of things whether it's revelation or he was just a religious genius you know let the you you decide but the key thing is is that it's all he was in in in, uh, born into a thoroughly evangelical world i believe that joseph smith had what would later be called the first vision uh, a born again experience at the age of 14. So I think he was a born-again Christian. I love that you say that about the Book of Mormon, about how orthodox it is. It is. And I think that's something, because I feel like the the constant um, warning is don't read it among, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Christian world. Oh, yeah. Don't read it. But then when you do, and I've had this conversation with another mutual evangelical friend right. of ours, um, you read it and you're like, in many places, you're like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Latter-day Saint, but I believe this. Yeah. You know, like this is this is very Christian yep. coming from this book. And I think that's just kind of a, a fun realization to see as that, people read it. And that's the thing is, so now it's all changed because now I get I have a large evangelical audience and they reach out to me. And they're like, now, guess what? They're, they're studying the Book of Mormon. They have a, they, I had one guy, I was at a Zoom call, and he visited a Church of Jesus Christ at Bicker tonight service. He said, Steve, a month ago, I wouldn't have allowed this Book of Mormon in my house. Now he's holding the camera. Now I got this in the house, and I'm studying the Book of Mormon with him. 
And I just think that this is what makes the, the, these conversations can be much more fruitful. Because I'd much rather we as evangelicals engage the restoration and say, okay, we have two witnesses. We have the Bible and we have the Book of Mormon. And then we could use those as two witnesses to, like, if we have disagreements with later the 1844 Nauvoo doctrines or whatever, like, we could say, well, does this line up with the Book of Mormon and the Bible? And then I'd much rather have the conversations like that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and so, because, like, because I like the idea of a, primitive, a primitivist church, something that's founded early on. I like the idea of like going back to a first century church because kind of like we're a restorationist movement because I'm in the charismatic renewal movement. We want to go back to the first century church where there was the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So I like to go back to the original source materials. So like I, that's why I think the Book of Mormon is so important because it's an original source material that I think we could find commonalities with. And we can still also talk about our differences, but doing it in a Christ-like way and using your Book of Mormon even as a way to... Uh, to have as a spirit a spirit had those conversations does that does that make sense to you yeah yeah, yeah. amen okay yeah i think this whole conversation is making me think about the importance of studying other religions yep. just and for latter day saints too cuz sometimes in in our culture we we have this ten- tendency to be like oh you know we we tend to believe like oh we have the whole truth like our right. church right mm-hmm. and and sometimes we don't look outside and see like study other religions and yep. see what commonalities we have with them and so i think this is just inspiring to i don't know it's yep. just cool cool and rec- and then and let me can I give the three questions that I tell evangelicals that you need to ask every LDS and a believer of the Book of Mormon? Please. All right. These are the three questions. Question number one: What is your favorite Book of Mormon story? Question number two: What is your favorite Bible story? And question number three: Who is Jesus to you? That's the question I want evangelicals to ask um, Latter Day Saints. Those are the three questions. And if you start your conversation with those three questions. I think it's going to lead to a much more productive conversation than the conversation we've been having for 200 years now. We're the baddies. For 200 years, we've been doing the same thing over and over again. Ain't got us anywhere. What What is that thing? What is the same thing that's been going on? Well, we're just hitting you over the head. You're going to hell. You're, you're you know, a Bible, Bible. We already got a Bible, though. <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, is that I, I, you know, because since the beginning, men, the main persecutors of uh, your people have basically been my people, and I that's think a, that's okay. That's okay, Steve. <laughs> don't, don't feel too bad. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, you know, there's always two sides to every sure, fight, sure, right? You know, and, um, and and there were claims that were made that, you know, we're, 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 we're apostates and we're, you know, we're, we, we believe this, you know. So there's things that were said against us, too. We have to be fair, yeah. right? Yeah. We'll, we'll beat you yeah. back over yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but I think now, look, we're, we're 200 years in, like, like 200 years of the first vision. Now, this is 200 anniversary of the uh, announcement of the coming forth of the Book of Mormon. This is a very pivotal decade in the history of the Restoration. And in one sense, I feel God placed me here at this time and place to uh, initiate different conversations between our movements. 200 years is long enough. Let's start talking. Yeah. 200 years of of the same old thing and not really getting too far. And we're making progress. We are. I think so. And those three questions really break down barriers and give us so much more to talk about. One of the things I find interesting about your channel is the, just the variety of guests and viewpoints mm-hmm. you have on there. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of it comes from your geography. Where you live in the United States, you have access to a lot of different branches of the restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious about what that was like for you 
kind of discovering all these different branches and maybe talk just a little bit about oh sure uh, i'd love to these connections i love all the different branches this is so much fun to me yeah and where do you live right now did you say florida yeah i'm I'm originally from chicago and uh but from florida and the very first restorationist service that i ever entered into was in may of 2021 I attended a Church of Jesus Christ service, which is the Vicar Tonight organization. And these are, I like to call them, these are Pentecostal believers in the Book of Mormon. They're the third largest church in the Restoration, and they rose from the ashes of Sidney Rigdon's attempt to start a church in Western Pennsylvania. And they have about two, 3,000 members here in the United States, and they have about 25,000 worldwide, so that puts them right behind the community of Christ. And I attended their church services, and I'm like, man, these them's my people. I always tell people, if you want to go to an April 6, 1830 service, go visit a Church of Jesus Christ, because basically they just basically stop at April 6, 1830. Hmm. They have the Bible, they have the Book of Mormon, they have the priesthood, and that's it. And then everything else, it's like... No so, Doctrine and Covenants, no Pearl Great Price. None of that. Oh, okay. None of that. And I'm like, man, I feel very comfortable in worshiping with these people. A lovely people. So I've had dinner with the president of the church. I'm very, very good friends with the son uh, who's uh, of, the, of the president, who's an evangelist in the church, Josh Gailey. And then um, in my local, and that's about an hour and a half drive, and then I live uh, uh, not far from a Community of Christ service, and last year I actually gave a sermon at a Community of Christ service. Whoa. And awesome. Yeah, so that's the kind of relationship that I'm having, is I'm literally attending these services. Not only am I attending, but at the last Church of Jesus Christ service I attended, I stood up and gave a testimony. All right. Wow. So and then so I give a testimony. I've given a sermon at a community of Christ service. I ain't just sitting in the pews, man. I'm engaging this really, really engaging the restoration. And that's the beautiful thing about the people of the restoration is they, you know, I, I, I was at Independence, Missouri. I spoke at a Book of Mormon rally. OK, so here I am speaking at a Book of Mormon rally with all these different representatives from all the different restoration branches, including their BYU professor speaking there and all these different manifestations of the movement. The next morning, um, there's an apostle in, uh, of one of these independent groups in Independence, Missouri. Um, I, he was having a church service in his home and he had, there was a BYU professor there. There were people from different branches of the restoration and I come in a little late and I'm, I'm, I walk in and he says, brother Steve, will you do the closing prayer? So there was an evangelical who gave a closing prayer in a mixed restorationist church service meeting. This is the beautiful thing that's happening. This yeah. is, and I want all of us to be doing this. I want you guys yeah. to go to a Bicker Tonight service. I'd love to. You know, I you know that's important. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool yes. to do that? Yes. Yeah. And do they I, have any here? They're <laughs> going to be opening a branch in Utah eventually. Oh, good. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're all God's children, and uh, we are part of the human uh, community. And so I think it's important for us to take this approach. And this is the thing: ninety percent of the time, I ninety percent of the time, I probably disagree with my guests. Sure. But guess what? It's civil. The person felt that they were given the fair shake. And we actually made progress in having these conversations. I think these very same principles principles can be applied to other aspects, not just this conversation, but we can do it in politics and other areas. It's so easy to do. You just be nice. You have an open heart, open mind. And you come to the table with some knowledge. You got to know what you're talking about. And uh, just and then say, okay, Holy Spirit, just work through me, and let's see what happens. And that's that's how you operate. And if you go watch Steve's channel, you will not agree with everyone that he has on either, because you can't, right? Because, because yeah. he has different points of view on there, and they can't all be right at the same time. So yeah, but you're not afraid of that. I've had Aaron Ra, like one of the biggest atheists on YouTube, come on my program because I'm like, well, he's doing a deconstruction of the Book of Mormon currently every Sunday live with a panel. And I went to my people on my show and I said, listen, these guys have over 300,000 subscribers. There are tens of thousands of people watching this series. 
I say, the reason why I have R and Ra on my program is because your kids and grandkids are going to be learning about the Book of Mormon from R and Ra. Mm. You need to be aware. So that it's almost like even a public service. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. And and so for our for our viewers who haven't seen your channel, mm-hmm. remind us what it's called. Okay, so it's called Mormon Book Reviews. It's a YouTube podcast, but it's also available on all your formats like iTunes and Spotify as well. I'm primarily a YouTuber, but we do have the audio format available. So that's where you can find me, YouTube Mormon Book Reviews. We have a very broad uh, audience. We've got members. We've got yep. non-members, evangelicals, atheists, former members, the whole shebang. Yep. Do you have any final thoughts? To share with them. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing is, is that we live in a time period in history which nobody's talking to each other. We have a lot of divisiveness in our country. In one sense, it almost feels like we're falling apart at the seams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's kind of a sad, scary time to be um, in. But also remember, we as believers are supposed to have the peace that surpasseth all understanding. And that's what we're supposed to do, especially during times of tribulation. So I think it's really important that we kind of just take, put all this garbage that we're hearing and put it in the background. And let's put Jesus at the center of our endeavor and allow him to operate in your life and to help make us all into new creatures and to uh, allow us to bring forth, uh, if you will, Zion. Love it. Couldn't have said it any better. If people have questions for you, where they, where can they find you? I guess the, you've got your YouTube channel. Can uh-huh. they contact you in any other yeah, way? Yeah, so you can email me at mormonbrookreviews at gmail.com. Also, you can friend request me on Facebook, uh, Twitter. I'm available on there. So, I'm, you know, you're, I'm not on Instagram yet, but I'll get there eventually. Steve, thank you so much for being with us today. My yeah, homies! Thank you. This has been such been a awesome. cool conversation. <laughs> I've learned so much. I can't wait to check out your channel oh, because okay. I haven't seen it. So yeah, give me some I feedback, please. Oh, give me, you, know, yeah. you better. You got my cards. You go, you're going to text me and tell me what you think of the show, and you can tell me if it's crap. You can tell me that too. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a good conversation about it. So. We appreciate <laughs> you being here. We, we you. appreciate your your testimony, your, yeah. your example, um, and the the content you're putting out. It's been a pleasure. Guys, thank you for watching, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.